0: Previously on See You on the Bookshelf, we talked about the first offer from Germany.
1: They were very fast and enthusiastic. The Germans were just like, bam.
0: And then the offers started coming in from the US and UK. But the novel is also in this territory between young adult and a younger category, middle grade. What happens if we end up with
1: the lead choice on the UK side wanting to ship the book older and the lead choice on the U.S. side wanting to go younger.
0: But there ended up being one offer that stood out from the rest. And this week, we meet the editors behind that offer.
1: I'm Jessica Dandino Garrison, Um, Jess, to those of you who know me, and um, I'm senior editor at Dial Books for Young Readers, which is an imprint of Penguin Random House.
0: Imprints are like mini brands inside a publishing house. Each has its own team of editors and its own tastes. Also, to clarify, Jessica Craig is my agent. Jess Garrison here is my editor. Jessica and Jess. Hopefully that's not too confusing. Okay, so back to Jess, the editor.
1: How did I get here? Um, I didn't really know what I was doing with my English and creative writing um, degree from school, and so... I kind of cast about for a year and then decided I would take this this plunge and move to New York where I'd only been a couple times um, in my life and try to get into publishing just like on a whim. Um, and I was very lucky in that I just submitted my resume everywhere and got a call back to be the um, basically an executive assistant to the head of Penguin Young Readers at the time. Hmm. Um, and that first position was really constructive because I had to deal with you know all the department heads from all different facets of publishing, and so i I kind of just had a global a better global understanding of of how things work uh, and did that for like a couple years and then moved into editorial, which is what I really wanted to do. and I moved over to dial books for young readers and um i've been I've been here ever since. Um, And and the reason I went for children's versus something else is, you know, during that time when I moved out here from Chicago on a whim and a lark, and I don't even know what, I was like 22 and brainless, and I (laughs) I went on a lot of interviews, and I, you know, I did magazines, and I did adult publishing, you know, books, and I did, um, meant by that I don't mean porn, I mean, you know, fiction for adults, (laughs) Um, and uh I just did all kinds of interviews with agencies and whatnot, and I just felt right in the halls of children's publishing houses. It just felt like the vibe was right. Just, just the atmosphere felt more my speed. I, I kind of felt um, when I arrived, when I was lucky enough to arrive at Penguin, that after a, a long time, I had found my people. You know, like a whole building and a whole industry full of my people, which is not a thing that I'd really felt before. So, um, yeah, that's my story. Jeff, hmm.
2: I, I didn't know some of that. Yeah, it, we never talked <laughs> about really that sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> we I know. know. <laughs> <laughs> And I something
0: funny. So, that second voice you hear, that's my UK editor, Anthea Townsend.
2: I'm Anthea Townsend, editorial director at Penguin Random House Children's UK, and I mainly work on the fiction side. And one of our um, imprints is Puffin, which See You in the Cosmos is being published under. Um, and kind of similar to you, Jess, I, um, I did a degree in um, English and Classical Studies, it was called. So, that was kind of Latin and Greek and Classical Literature. And came out of university not really knowing um, what I wanted to do with my life. And um, it was through a series of kind of chatting to lots of people. And then I I sort of thought, well, publishing might be a good fit, given what I've loved about my studies. Um, And I wrote to apply for work experience and was lucky and got various places um, in actually different adult publishers. At that point, I hadn't actually considered children. Um, and funnily enough, my first paid for job <laughs> was actually on an erotic fiction list. <laughs> so um, <laughs> that's something you
1: probably didn't know about me.
2: Um, it was a very short term contract as an editorial assistant. So obviously the process, you know, content's a little different to what I what I publish now, but the process <laughs> is the same. Um, and during my time uh, there, I got a call back for an interview at Penguin. So my first job here was working for um, Tom Weldon, who's now our CEO. But at that point, he was a managing director of an, of a division here called Penguin General. And Tom, much like you described, Jeff, your first job, that role, I was his assistant. And so I got I got a kind of overview of the whole process, um, the kind of meetings that I would sit, sit in on with Tom and um, the kind of conversations I could you know, I won't say eavesdrop on, but, <laughs> but minute and listen to. Um, and so I kind of saw all the cogs, which was um, an amazing, and I feel very lucky to have had that first year or so um, in terms of kind of seeing the big picture publishing. Um, and I think quite quickly I learned that as well as the romantic and kind of literary notions I had about publishing, I also really enjoyed the commercial side of things and learnt about the business of publishing, um, which is exciting. I, it's an exciting business. Um, and then I moved over into editorial in actually on the adult side again. Now this, I mean, it's books for adults rather than porn. porn. <laughs> <laughs> and at that point, I became an editorial assistant um, uh, in what was then an imprint, but has now become a division of Penguin Random House called Michael Joseph. And during that time, I, I got to work on a few projects that crossed over into our kids team. Um, so I, I worked with um, a senior editor who was publishing uh, an, an additional book in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy series, um, hmm. written by um, a children's author, Owen Colfer. And I sort of found myself realizing that it was those few projects that I was really, really enjoying. And as Jess has described, the, the community in children's publishing, I just, it it's kind of second to none I'd say. It's pretty awesome. Um and then I actually had a brief spell um out of publishing. Uh so I had a brief period where I left um
1: I actually was unwell, I had
2: meningitis, but we didn't know that Jeff.
1: Oh no, <laughs> I didn't know that. I, I thought you were gonna see <laughs> oh, no. you like, you know, jump ship to be a copy editor for a couple of years in advertising. Not, no, no, I I I got kind of slightly taken out of the game,
2: but um It was, I remember having a very, um, a very kind of insightful conversation with Tom, actually, who said, look, this, I was probably 25, I think. Mm -hmm. And he said, look, we won't, it's pretty rare that you get, um, a kind of gap like this. Obviously, you wouldn't have wished for it, but it will allow you to do some thinking and think about where you really want to be. And, um, Anyway, to cut along for a long story short, that brought me all the way back around into children's um, a, a little time later, back at Penguin. Um, and I've been there ever
1: since. So. It
0: mm. sounded like there were a lot of uh, parallels between. Yeah, both I didn't hats. know,
1: just about your first job. That's- My very, very first job was actually in in development at a science and engineering school um, in Chicago. And I'm not cut out for fundraising. That's what I'll say (laughs) about that job. But I I feel like jobs are sort of like boyfriends. You have to try out a few and figure out what doesn't work until you figure out what does. (laughs)
0: So how did we get here? How did I end up with Jess and Anthea as my editors?
1: Jess Garrison at Dial is one of my good editorial friends.
0: If that voice sounds familiar, it's because you heard it in our last episode. That's Kayla McCaffrey, the scout who is involved in our German deal. She also helped my agent build that initial list of editors to send the manuscript to. Jess Garrison was on that list.
1: She and I have had a lot of serendipity in terms of reading projects and being able to talk about why we love them and and why she would be excited to publish them.
0: But while Jess's name was on that initial list, Anthea's wasn't.
2: Jessica, your agent, Jessica Jack, um, sent in the cosmos to another colleague of mine, but she actually had left the business. So And this all happened very quickly, but Jessica hadn't yet received her, you know, kind of email bounce back or notification that she wasn't still part of the business. Um, but separately, I'd seen a, I think it was in a, a U.S., a, a blast about your German publishing deal. And it was just a, a kind of brief thing about, you know, what Sea in the Cosmos was about in a, in a kind of real nutshell. And I thought, oh, and then reached out to Jessica and then at the same time found out that Jess was reading. And Jess and I have known each other, but we've never actually met in person, have we, Jess? No, That's, still no.
1: we haven't, yeah. <laughs>
2: But we've known each other and um, there were a few submissions um, prior to you know the first time we read See in the Cosmos. There were a few things that we'd read or just books that Jess was publishing that I you know admired and liked. And so we kind of knew our tastes aligned. Um, and so when I knew Jess was reading See in the Cosmos at the same time on submission, um, we kind of reached out at that point. So it was really, really early on. And I just remember getting this email, facts, and, you know, I was saying, oh, I'm really excited about this, this manuscript I'm reading, and, and Jess was saying the same thing.
0: One thing that really surprised me was just how much cross-communication there seemed to be between different editors and people in the industry. Here's our scout from last week again, Kayla McCaffrey, referring here to Jess. She and I had a
1: drink state actually in the middle of the submission, and she had not yet finished the manuscript when I sat down with her, and I was able to say, no, you have to finish it right away. This is extremely special. I think it would be perfect for dial and she went right home and finished it
0: and i asked jessica my agent jessica about this when i was talking to to jess and anthea and kayla i was getting this like very strong sense of just how like everyone was aware of what everyone else was reading Mm. and that's something that um i don't know if that's the case in like adult fiction but
1: um it actually is i think i mean when there's a a book that I guess stands out from the rest of of submissions in any given week there's kind of this sense of like an electric Mm. like I don't know cluster of um people talking about it or yeah getting excited about it at the same time
0: I mean it makes sense if you think about it people in any industry they know each other your friends work at other companies there's a good chance you know what kinds of projects they're looking at, what manuscripts they might be working on. What was maybe less common in this case was that Jess and Anthea were both looking at it simultaneously for their separate markets. And because they were both under the Penguin Random House umbrella, they were able to team up to put in a joint offer for both the U.S. and U.K.
2: I think it was on a Friday, and I think my Monday morning, Jess and I were on, were on the phone or you know, early that week. Um, about how much, you know, we wanted to to go for it.
1: Mm. Yeah, I do remember there being a a sort of a flurry, a Friday afternoon flurry um, of of emails and probably emails at that stage because it's late in the UK. Mm. Um, But I I do remember the the sort of the rapidness of it, you know. Mm.
0: So typically, like, how many manuscripts come across your desks? And, and like, out of those, how many do you actually take an action on
1: Oh yeah, I, it's funny. I get that question a lot, and so I should go back and sort of quantify how, like, at any given time, how many sessions I have. But it's it's too scary to do that. So yeah, I never do yeah, that. it is, and it does change. I mean, there are kind of
2: peaks and exactly. you know, there are, there are peaks and troughs. Sometimes certain times of the year can be busier,
1: so it does vary a lot, but. So a lot, but I don't, I, don't think I can quantify further, Jeff. Do you I mean I feel yeah. like I have I have a never ending um sort of List of submissions that I that I need yeah. to get to, and 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 Amphi is exactly right that they're you know they they go in flux. You're never without something to read, yeah. which is which is good. Yeah. Um, and in terms of in terms of how many, I think it depends on the kind of editor you are and the kind of imprint yeah. you're you're working with. Um, you know, I I tend to be. I don't know, I guess I tend to be picky. I tend to be hard to please um, so so I don't actually sign up a ton. I wish I signed up more than I did, but i I'm kind of greedy for all of the components um to be executed at a really high level, and so it you know it just means that I don't sign up as as much as I would like to actually.
2: Hmm. yeah, I kind of second that um and very similar in terms of the the rate of submissions um and that I will always have a reading pile. Sometimes it's, you know, it's it's never a to do list tick off. Put it that way.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're never uh, finished um, with your submissions. That's not a yeah, that's It's not, not a bullet point you put on your to do list. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: and then in terms of the number that you know the, the number of projects that we move forward with, um, we are yeah, as just said, picky and selective. So it's not a great number. And um, and to, to Jess's point about the different kinds of editors and publishers, in the last year and a half, I manage our Roald Art Publishing, which um, obviously isn't editing in the traditional sense, but managing a, a big author brand like that takes up a sort of significant chunk of my time. So I've probably slowed up a little bit, um, or I suppose can, can be, on, and I'm um, ever more selective with the new projects I take on around yeah. that
1: yeah and i I read plenty of novels that are that are totally publishable they're they're great in their yeah. own right and I think it you actually have to keep yourself sharp and and keep reading books that you really love and that really move you so that you uh remember what it is that you want to be putting out into the world that just because mm-hmm. uh a story is good doesn't necessarily mean that it's right for you or, or you know, in my case, Dial. Um, I always am, am wanting to keep my standards high and keep myself sharp in that regard. Um, yeah. Which is tough because, you know, you really want to sign up something new, but you're just, for whatever reason, you're not seeing the, the kind of projects that you want to be seeing. And then it's on you to sort of figure out who you should be talking to um, in the agent world, let, letting people know what it is you're hungry for and, you know, getting the projects you want that way.
2: Yeah, there are, there are lots of reasons um, often why we don't take things forward it's not so black and white as it's not good enough to be published because that's often not the case.
1: That's a good point. You know, that, that you might like something just fine, but I often feel like when I like a novel just fine, but I'm sort of hesitant to, to go all in, there's a reason for that. And I, it's yeah. often because I like it, but doesn't every author deserve an editor who loves their novel? Yeah. And if I don't love it, am I going to be the best person to help Get to go through to the world, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like I, I feel like you're, you're to better. To stand up at those
2: meetings and to be the, the champion and you have to be all in. Speaking of that weekend when, when Jess and I were both first reading See You in the Cosmos um, from that Friday through to the Monday, and I remember sitting um, in my kitchen reading sections out to my partner, mm-hmm. which is pretty unusual this Sunday at home. But reading at these, just Alex was just making me laugh and laugh with his, you know, sometimes it's just that one liner or it's just the way that he was processing, you know, like his conversation. And I just, it was, I just, yeah, fell in love with him at that which point. Was yeah.
1: That's always the mark of a good manuscript when you're when you're at home and it's like eleven o'clock at night and you should be going to Huntily. bed but instead you're Huntily. sitting on the couch reading excerpts to your spouse yeah. or your your <laughs> girlfriend or boyfriend. You know that's that's a keeper. <laughs> mm. When you're being trying you
2: know, you're on the half planet to watch the next episode of something that you're both addicted to at the time, but no 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 <laughs> you cannot uh, you cannot tear yourself away.
0: So Justin and Anthea both connected over their enthusiasm for the book. But they also both had a shared vision for making the book more for a younger audience. And that appealed to me too. What would it mean to make my novel more squarely middle grade? I wanted to find out.
1: You do want to be sure when you're taking on a book, you're taking on, you know, if it's a debut, um, as, as it was, you know, your children's debut with See You in the Cosmos, you don't know how long a person has spent pouring themselves into this book mm-hmm. into the story of these people. And it's a big commitment you're making to an author to say, I'm, gonna, I'm going to help you make this book even better than it is. And so you want to be sure that everyone is on the same page, that you kind of have that mind meld. You all are in agreement about what it is you want to achieve and, and how you want to mm-hmm. achieve it. And if I, you know, Jack, if I'd gotten on the phone with you and you were like, no, you know, I really think it's just, it's an adult novel. You know, that's mm-hmm. what it is. I would have been like, I hear you. Respect. Onward. You know, Mm -hmm. because it's your book. It should be what you want it to be. Um, And and so the same with Amphia, like that. We both had a vision for what we thought it could be for the readers that we serve. Um, And uh, yeah, I mean, I I think that neither of us would have wanted to enter into this if we had conflicting ideas about what this what the story was.
0: Next week on See You on the Bookshelf, we go deeper into that vision and into the editing process. Thanks very much to my editors, Jess Dandino Garrison and Anthea Townsend. Anthea is on Twitter, at Anthea Townsend, and Jess is on Pinterest as JKD Garrison. Thanks also to Kayla McCaffrey and Jessica Craig. Music for this podcast is by St. Benjamin. Listen to more at saintbenjamin.com. And you can also pre-order See You in the Cosmos almost anywhere books are sold. It comes out at the end of February.